This episode of Discussing Documentaries with myself, Matt Wills, and Rick Wharton. Today we are doing a one of four episode, and it is Crime Scene Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. This is episode one of four, and this one's called Lost in Los Angeles. It's from the year 2021, and the provider is Netflix, and it came out. Is it today it came out, isn't it, Rick? 10th of February on record. Okay, yeah. today, right. It's, and today's the 10th of February. Um, the director, Joe Belinga. The accolades, it's got none currently because it only came out today. But Rick believes this is going to go to number one on Netflix. So uh, watch this space. Um, here's this is, one, this is one of two reasons why we're recording this today. Because you reckon it's going to go number one and that will get us I, some more listeners in Venezuela. I, I reckon so. I, but also, we depressingly worked out that's just people with weird VPNs. Well, so I think that's just people from your past well, well, that don't want the government <laughs> knowing they're listening to discussing documentaries. Well, we don't know what our Venezuelan contingent is. I am getting a message drafted for the Venezuelans so we can see. Um, I've just watched season two of Jack Ryan. Fuck the Venezuelans. I don't need oh, them. Oh, man. Well, their oil reserves are very impressive, aren't they? <laughs> they they shot bunk. <laughs> Right, here's the blurb on Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. And yes, and if you are American and you're listening to this, I'll do it in your language. Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Oh, don't do that. Come on, we, don't we be all like, say... Americans say things slightly they do different. Say Who can I be bigger than two, Matt? It's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. They talk slightly they different. Slightly different. But I want them to sound... understand me because, you know, that is 30% of our listeners. So uh, thanks for listening. No, it's their VPN. No one in Texas is listening <laughs> to this, man. No one. They are. Texans love us. Great tax opportunities there. Now, here's the blurb. <laughs> Those two things don't correlate. They don't. Of course they do. Matt Fraser. Um, right, here's the blurb. The notorious Cecil Hotel grows in infamy when guest Elisa Lamb vanishes. This is from the creators of the Ted Bundy tapes, and it's a dive into crime's dark places. Now, Rick, you pick this one. So lead us in, man. Lead us in. Well, as I said, there is two reasons. Number one, this has been a huge, huge true crime thing amongst Reddit and like people on the internet. And when I saw this trailer months back, I'm like, that's going to be the one that knocks American murderer. Off right, Netflix is number one. Okay, spot. that that was my prediction, but also, uh, as you well know, I've recently moved house. I am aware, and and uh, just after this morning, uh, and we bulk recorded. So if you're probably listening to either Bobby Fisher or Three Identical Strangers before this, we made those in like October. Yeah, that this was is now a long time ago. Yeah, this is now the tenth of February, and uh, my my beautiful other half says, "Right today, we're getting the flat packs done." And I messaged Matt and gaslit him into thinking it was super important we recorded. Oh tonight. my god, I'm your excuse <laughs> to avoid work on your new house. <laughs> I thought yes. that was yeah, the no, case. No, 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 no. I genuinely, I was like, something's rotten in Denmark here. Just, just, just constantly calling Wills because he switches his phone off after watching the social network. I'm like, I'll get through <laughs> it to him. I'll get through it to him. We're going to get on this, pal. The numbers, the analytics, we need it. <laughs> Look after the Venezuelans. So come on. Which, by the so way, you- during, I have to just say this at the top, during a pandemic, to move from London to the northeast. I don't know how many fucking people I know that would help, but this guy came, he drove the van, he got me dog up there, and he helped get everything in. So Matt Wills is a fucking legend for time. Uh, no worries, mate. That was, listen. Look how uncomfortable he's got, because th- he knows, he knows somewhere down the line, I'm leading him down the path. <laughs> <laughs> no, what it is, as I said to you at the time, you could have asked me to to come and cut up dead bodies, and I wanted anything to get out of the house. I was so desperate to leave the house. You were the fourth person in lockdown that I helped move. I don't know anyone else who does that. I, I imagine over time when we watch true crime documentaries, that will be a trait of a serial killer. They have a truck. <laughs> they, they're overly helpful. You trust them. You trust them with your life. Initially, you, you know do. That's how we suck you in. There you go. <laughs> so give us the overriding... Uh, so with right, let's just—you haven't seen all four episodes, have you? 
No, so you've no, only so seen what we're gonna one. Do, You're the same as we're, me. We're going we're at the same place. Yeah, we, we are going to watch one, record, watch one, record. Yeah, so okay. if you're watching this in real time, you'll kind of catch up with us, with us. Okay, that's right. But when even when it started, I think this is such a famous story. Um, really? I started to get fucking memories of, within nerdy internet communities. Okay, yeah. all right. I'd heard parts of it, and I think I may have had a spoiler, which I'll wait for episode four to see if that was right. Right, okay. But um, even American Horror Story, I think, is based on the Cecil Hotel. Right. Uh, They've got a whole season about a hotel that's evil, that's haunted, and all that shit, and I am pretty sure. That's what really upset me about this documentary. They referred to the hotel as if it was a person. And yeah. that that really wound me up. So just right, give us the overriding story arc here that we're going to be talking well, it's about. But right now, from episode yes. one, if you if you check in this sort of time release, basically there's young Elisa Lam. Uh, she's mad for a social media, which is brilliant. So you have all of her posts going through it, and she's went missing in Los Angeles. She's from Vancouver, and she hasn't checked in with the family. That's kind of where yeah. we're at. And the the year the is two thousand and thirteen. And the year has just begun. So they, the last they heard from her was on the 31st of January. And then I don't know how important this family are in Vancouver. But very or, quickly they jumped on wow, it, didn't they? didn't they? So effectively they bought in, from what I can tell watching episode one, they bought in everyone who works in Los Angeles in the police department because there were a lot of cops like if that many cops turned up at your house, you're like, I must be guilty. I don't know what I've done, but if they've bought this many people, I'm going down for something. It's I tell you, it's funny because the, since it's Los Angeles, all the police officers look like they're in crime drama TV shows. Yes, they've got they've got uh, <laughs> Tim Marcia, one of the lead detectives. He looks like a casino pit boss. He's got <laughs> the suit. He's got the gold ring. Um, and then you got the other guy who looks like he could be like a sleuth and watchman. He's he got does, the leather yeah. jacket. He's 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 like on the corner talking to them on their level. Nice one. Doesn't care about the little crimes, just the big crimes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He's got that attitude about that him. was Greg. And you almost that was Greg Cading. He looks cool. Greg Cading. Right? He, I'm looking forward to seeing more of Greg Cading. He's done a lot of undercover work, hasn't he? He's been a great oh, UC. Man. He he is Donny Brasco. Yes. He stamped on a few Chinese waiters <laughs> in order to fucking in order to fit in down. But like the whole thing is like like you say they do make the Cecil Hotel a character. Yes. Because there's a one we haven't done yet. And by the way, this is probably the only series that we will do that's not a one-off on the main feed because we have some exciting ones coming out uh on our very excited about is a Patreon feed for series is coming up. So but they tell you like so there's one called Night Stalker came out recently which we didn't do and I, I didn't get too many good reviews about on Netflix. And on Night Stalker, I believe is remote. Good. I'm glad they're making bad true crime dramas. That way, I haven't got to sit through them and have nightmares. My missus made me watch a um, a thing on Netflix over Christmas called The Fall. And it's about a serial killer. Now, that's not my cup of tea. You know how my brain works. This stuff freaks me out. It genuinely does. I had nightmares for a week about the serial killer in that. <laughs> I kept waking up screaming. She was like, what's up? I mean, you are, you mean cow. I can't imagine how adorable you are waking up from a nightmare. <laughs> I just, it's horrible. I'm picturing one of those little Ebenezer Scrooge hats. <laughs> That's exactly You flail that. your hands about. And going, <laughs> I've got Paul Frank pajamas on. I look the nuts. I really do. Um, <laughs> you look like you're in a toothpaste <laughs> advert. Now, this... The way the documentaries... But sorry, what I was saying about Night Stalker... Oh, yes, sorry, you... I beg your pardon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, um, so they were saying the Cecil Hotel is where serial killers go to let their hair down. Yes. The guy from Night Stalker stayed there with like blood on him and no one asked him any questions. Well, they say that in the documentary. They say, you know, you don't know who's staying this, in this hotel. You don't know who's checking in, who's checking out. That That's the same for every single hotel I've ever been in. They, and I've been I, in some dodgy ones funny... and some good ones, but you you have no idea who was in that room or who could still be in that room. The hotels are just dodgy by their very existence of what they do. They don't ask many questions. They give you a room for a night. And this place does it for, a, well, back in the 80s, they were charging $3 a room. So 
you can see the sort of clientele it attracts. So the first thing it does, it kind of goes into her personality. She's an upbeat person, and she's on Tumblr, which I've never used. You ever use Tumblr? No, nah. nah, me neither. And it's it's one of the reasons why I don't post online. I don't need someone piecing together that I've done nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, I I don't need that at all. And um, and the other way, but they go through, d- and she's I like, people- "Yeah, you're a big blogger. I mean, yeah, you need to check out Matt Will's blog. Yeah, I've uh, hundred and three blogs and counting." Hey, I've got the book. I've got the book to check out. I got given. I got given the the actual copy. That's the, the manuscript. That's thicker than my raised shoe to make me seem tall, isn't it? I should just stand on yeah. that thing. That's fucking the that that list. The, those printed off blogs. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a guy in a cowboy hat swing from your window, get it, and run out. Like it's got some secret in a Belize fucking poppy field that you can find in there. If you mess up the but, order, it tells you who killed Kennedy, if you read it but, right. It really hooks you, it hooked me into her because it showed the optimism of youth. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know when the last, because we haven't been at the cinemas in a while. I imagine it's been because of lockdown. But when you go to the cinemas, this is who she reminded me exactly of. When you go to the cinemas, this is Elisa Lam. This is the lady girl who was missing. Uh, when you get to the cinemas, before the trailer starts, there's always a few adverts. One of them's Microsoft, and they're showing you their new like flat pack iPad you can do nothing on. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, so I do a lot of work of colors. I'm a blogger. I'm this. I'm that. And do, 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 do. <laughs> and then you see like how she make money out of talking about colors online. And it's reminded me of her. She, so she just travels around. So in my mind, it's the girl from the adverts just took a little iPad to go and say what the Cecil's like, and then she's but gone. The thing is, her parents didn't want her to travel and and then they said okay well you can travel bear in mind she's 21 right so i think 21 in canada and the u.s is a lot younger than 21 is in the united kingdom due to drinking age yes yeah so we can when do we start drinking would you say i I think i was around seven so yeah i was a late (laughs) bloomer in my area uh legitimately for us i mean because it was weird uh all of my little circle of friends all had older brothers five years or four years our senior so we all thought anything what our age were doing was rubbish yeah, and wanted it, to kind of emulate yeah. that so we would have been around 12 Ex- 13 right, they were exactly. above me yeah, I exactly think. first time i went like pub drinking around 12 13 and, and that's that's yeah what we did but when when they said the parents didn't want to go traveling, it just reminded me of every like it was everything my dad worried about with me traveling. When I was like fifteen, I was going to Ibiza with me mate or with his family, and he didn't want me to go because of nine eleven. <laughs> I think that's so. a legitimate. That's a legitimate fear. I think he's like me. I think when he doesn't want to do something or, or he's worried it might cost money, he will fling back and whatever excuse he can <laughs> grab onto, he will throw in your face. You're, That's what I think that is. I'm like, what, 9-11? You're you, you grasping <laughs> at straws, Dad. I'm going. It's an they easy got, jet flight. The, it's all right. They've they got the Twin Towers. They've got Tower 7. Ministry of Sounds next, son. <laughs> Ministry of Sound. <laughs> the first scene of this documentary, now this is, to me, this is, do you know the expression Chekhov's gun? Have you heard of that? I have, but I need to hear it again. Oh, okay, it's... so if, if it's mentioned, it needs to have a point in the narrative because it's only you only mention the gun if the gun's going to get used in some way and it's part of the story. Otherwise, don't mm-hmm. mention it. And Chekhov's gun is the opening scene and it's the sign on the side of the hotel and it says the Cecil Hotel, low daily weekly rates 700 rooms and we see that sign again and then again they must show it six or seven times just to drive this into you so i think they're going to hit us later on with a ah look this is the 700 rooms because the first thing i noticed was they're panning over like a recreation of her room while they're doing her blog and her deciding to to leave and they show like a hello kitty waving cat and I'm like, that's a that's a little on the nose for someone of Asian descent. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, I've I've been out in Hong right. So her parents are Hong Kong Hong Kong immigrants, and they ended up in Canada. Those Hello Kitty things. I spent some time in Hong Kong. Uh, they're everywhere. 
They are everywhere. So I just thought if you go on racial stereotype and you're going to do the talking heads of the parents, but they're going to be driving erratically while doing it. Do you know what I mean? If you're going to go letter to the law, stereotypical, fucking not give a shit of racism. They'll be doing that and placing a bet. That's what they'll be doing. <laughs> we tried to interview the parents. Unfortunately, they were on roulette machines at the time. Um, and they say this about the Cecil Hotel or Cecil. Uh, it was a place of drug dealers prostitution, rapists, murderers, serial killers. And then the guy followed it up with, and why did bad stuff happen there? Well, I think it was because of the drug dealers, the prostitution, the rapists, the murderers, and the serial killers. How many serial killers did they catch there? I'll tell you what I got triggered by when they... Because it's like a tourist trap. So it's basically... I mean, the, the stuff it says about LA is... Just, eye-opening to me, at least, of shit that I hadn't seen regarding some of the areas of Los Angeles. But um, the way it's because all these people, like homeless people, if they get a couple of books, they'll go and stay there for a night. Yeah. One guy they interview who... Um, Best guy ever. I hope, he, I hope he's in it because like, he's, he's talking about, like, yeah, I'd get me some hookers and go in there and <laughs> we'll have a good time. And then that he was talks Kenneth about Givens. how... Kenneth Givens. Kenneth so Givens. I'm a big cool. fan of Kenneth big, Givens. I want to see more his of hat. Him. And a leather black hat on. He was a cool so, man. Yeah, yeah. So you get people like that who are all in that life, living nearby, and that's just a like bed for the night. People go there to OD, all sorts. So it's in an area which is just off a place called Skid Row. Now I didn't know Skid Row. I mean, I know the expression. I'm fascinated. That's by a place. Skid Row. That's an actual. They, they, it's place. also in Rocky. They, they. I think that's a derogatory term they've named this place but, because the amazing thing is that in Skid Row. They, when prisoners get released, they get dropped off there. Mental patients, yeah. and, like mental institution patients, get dropped off there. The homeless go there, and the police barrier it and don't let them out. Yeah. So they've There's created 10, a ghetto. People on the streets. Yeah, and they've said, "Have you ever seen the wire?" No. So the wire, they attempt this to get kind of massage the crime numbers and go right from that corner to this corner. Everything's legal. Do your drugs. Sell your drugs. Take your drugs. And they call it uh, Amsterdam. So, uh, 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 Amsterdam. okay. So, and they do exactly this in Los Angeles. It is a free for all in Skid Row. You're allowed to do drugs. It's just, it's just a torturous area. Ten thousand homeless people living in like a ten block radius. But, but here's the thing: it's it's two point seven nine square miles, right? It's fifty city blocks. It's fucking huge. That's bigger than the city of London. No. Yeah, the city. Oh, you mean the city? The actual of, city of yeah. London um, is one square mile, and it, it right. But and it's it's twice the size of that, and it's full of homeless people. That's insane. Absolutely insane. Oh, it is brutal. I, like Squid Row in itself was enough for me checking this documentary out just to to learn that. But so you have all these people that are about that life and just, you know, they get a couple of bucks to stay at the season. Yeah, yeah. But then you also get tourists who go, this is cheap. We can just stay here. And it reminded me, did you ever do the London Comedy Club, the tourist trap? Yeah. Thing? It just reminded me so yes. much of that. Yeah, yeah. Like, because this is what it was. It was a place in London, beautiful hotel. The downstairs was beautiful. And then the the deal was, is, and it was a complete ripoff. So you'd, you'd get flyered in Leicester Square and it would advertise online. The TV acts would drop in. And it had which a couple did, of moves. to be fair. Which TV acts? Uh, I think that Patrick Monaghan... Went down there. Was always trying new stuff. <laughs> he was on TV. He won a con- I, he won a competition. Hey, I He's am a lovely his fella. biggest fan. He is part of my happiest memories in comedy. I love Patrick Monaghan. He's one of your mob, isn't he? Uh, he's Middlesbrough. Aye. Wait, is it, from a Londoner's point of view, he's an Northerner. He's yeah. yeah. Well, if that stays in, I want the erratic driving line to stay. In. <laughs> I'm saying that right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 2021, so the racism gloves are off. We're okay with it. And, uh, well, what, what I was more talking about is the directorial choices of showing that, not, do you know what I mean, of how on the nose the Hello Kitty thing is, just, yeah, just yeah. in case you weren't sure that she's from Asian descent. Um, so, no, what I mean is, so, like, the idea of these tourists, they would, they would get an email online of, oh, wait, we can go and see this top comedy club, dinner in a movie, 
uh, no, dinner and a show. Dinner show, yeah. And the show was in this conference room with no atmosphere. There'll be about six people that have been conned in there that week. And I remember talking to people from Chesley Street, where I'm from, that traveled down just for this. And I spent no. 15 minutes just just apologizing. Yeah, you, you the, the complete tourist trap. Because we meet a couple who did exactly that during it from Plymouth. And it just reminded me of being tricked into that uh, that, that gig, yeah. They, they go on about... Um, uh, how she's went missing and who they're worried about and all the people that stay at the Cecil. Then it just cuts to sheep in the, in in a, in a British field, <laughs> and I'm like, "What a Chekhov's gun? What's the sheep got to do?" <laughs> <laughs> but they couldn't be more of a British couple. It, they were so they were. Pro- I didn't see the Plymouth bit, but they were so right on, and they didn't. They were like, "We were near Skid Row," and they made Sid Skid Row sound nice. In, in the way they, they went described out and they it, were, they went, they yeah, were like, Harry, it's quite dangerous. It's a little bit rough. No, we, it's we got one, lost. one of the most dangerous places the, on the, the planet. The, by the lady says, now I love the lady. I think the lady looks like Wonder Woman. She looks like Gail Gadot. Like, she does. Yeah, oh, good spot. Yeah, yeah. And um, Diane, whatever her name was. I think she's called Diane in Wonder yes. Woman. She's called Gail, Gail Gadot. I think she's called yeah, yeah. Gadot. But... Um, so they go out and like, oh, we got a little bit lost. So we asked where the Cecil Hotel was, and people panicked for our safety that we were staying there. <laughs> Which I've been in that. Where, you know, you, I've been the last family on the bus when you're on holiday. And you're like, oh shit, this one hours is it? Oh rats! All oh, right. The um the character I liked in this documentary because th- these are real, right? These were the actual people. They weren't actors, were they? Playing parts. They were, right. Okay. So they had the hotel manager of the Cecil Hotel. She was the hotel manager for about 10, 11 years. Her name was Amy Price. And the way she was describing it... Now, this is a hotel that's full of drug dealers, prostitutes, rapists, murderers, serial killers. And she says, it was a great job. Every day would be different. You wouldn't have a clue what was going to happen. That that doesn't... That doesn't make a that great job, love. attitude. Do you know what? Like, one, one better audition, she could have been in Parks and Recreation. Do you know what I mean? She could have been. That's exactly she, what I thought. She was an Amy Polo lookalike. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you know what? And there was just, like, the, the, that town is just littered with people. Like, just one click away from their big brick. Like, yeah. Like, it is unbelievable. But she was great. Um, but if we get back to, so, she's not checked in with her family, basically, at this point. And then they go through and they have to bag up belongings. By the way, she's staying in um, a female bunked room. So you're sharing with people. Is that right? A bunk room implies a bunk bed to me. Yeah, communal room. Yeah, I've stayed in a few of those. No, I I took it that she was in her own. She had her own room is the way I understood it. I, I literally jotted down female bunks. I don't know if she was like sharing with some like prostitute. <laughs> well, you'd have because it's really cheap because you have one room and like six bunk beds and you split the cost. You know, it's just cheaper and you've got a shared bathroom and stuff. And the, obviously the problem is you're in the bottom bunk and someone's in the top bunk and they're having sex, or whatever you just, you know, or doing whatever. Has that happened? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's my because a lot of my mates are obviously poor. Um, and in Edinburgh, they stay in those communal rooms. And yeah, that happens all the time. It's dreadful. It sounds dreadful. <laughs> oh, man. Can you imagine? It's bad enough when you die on your ass, but the guy who did well is busy having a threesome on the yeah. top bunk, and you're like, oh. <laughs> who would have thought the Undertaker's line wouldn't have worked up here? <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the thing about the hotel room, right? So it says that they cleared her stuff away. Now, this made me chuckle. Now, a hotel is there for one reason, right? It's to make money. And they make money by providing a service. And that service is they give you a room. So I worked in a hotel, like my first proper job when I left school, two and a half years. Now, we had a guy die in the room. And the coroner didn't get there until after 12. So we charged him for the extra night. Because check out times 12. Oh. Yeah. And you have to hide the body getting out because you don't want people to see that someone's died in a hotel room. Because people get really what, funny man. about it. But you're like, hang on, it's it's bound to have happened. It's, look, you're it's, probably the only person who lives in a house that probably hasn't had a dead body in it. 
Can you imagine this? Andre the Giant died in his hotel room. Wow. So, like, seven feet tall, 500 pounds in weight. Imagine going, ah, bollocks, we're going to get this big bastard out of the door. So, we can't even get his face out the door. Like, <laughs> Call Matt Wills, we'll chop him up. We'll just get him in there. But, so He'll they, come out during bag- lockdown. They're, they're talking about bagging up her belongings and how that's procedural. And um, and Leslie Nob's like, we found a snake once. Yeah. And like, since it's the Cecil Hotel and everything you've heard, you're almost expecting someone to go, one guest, one guest left a torso. <laughs> <laughs> um, they said her blog was like digital breadcrumbs, which I thought was really good. So she was posting that often. Right, and she had an itinerary and everything. The police knew exactly where she was going to be. They knew exactly what she was up to. And I took it from when they read out excerpts of her blog and her, her online postings to Tumblr. She just seemed incredibly lonely. Yeah, it almost like, I mean, there's breadcrumbs for the police, but I mean, I don't know what happens yet, but I think that could have been breadcrumbs for the killer. She's pretty much got a neon light online going, hello, alone and vulnerable in a foreign country. Yeah. But from a Canadian stroke American point of view, do they see those as the same? It's like us going to Scotland. I mean, it's a different country, but it's not, is it? It's it's same, 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 but different. If you're, I tell you what, if you're from a sheltered middle class family and you're traveling on your own for the first time, you're what thousands of miles away from home due to the expanse the size of America. You're on fucking skid row where there yeah. are no laws. <laughs> Like, it's it's hardly like going up and seeing the Edinburgh fucking fringe and then coming back. It is a slightly different... I once, uh, when I was travelling, I met these two girls in, I think it was Hong Kong Airport, and we were travelling to Bangkok, and we ended up sitting next to one another on the plane. And we started drinking, and I'm not sure what happened from started drinking on the plane, but one of the next things I remember, there was a guy chasing me up the stairs and they were in front of me, the two girls, and he had a machete. Now, this was like my what? first night in Bangkok, yeah. And the geezer was trying to cut me with a machete because we were in a, a Cecil Hotel type place. Yeah, we're running up the stairs and we slammed the door. I'm like, I don't know how, how we got from A to B. I don't know how I went from the plane to suddenly realising there's a guy with a machete. But yeah, we we boarded the the door up, put the bed against the door, and we all fell asleep. It was terrifying. Great city, Bangkok. If you ever get a chance to go, really. I just imagine you running away with a bunch of yakuza opioids <laughs> and be like, "I don't think you'd notice." <laughs> oh man, it was. There's a reason I had to stop drinking. Was... That is, I mean. The shame of not knowing that story, Matt, is almost worth going to transgressional therapy for me. <laughs> I, I've got no... I just... Yeah. It was like the the next thing. I'm like, what? We were on a plane a minute ago, weren't we? It was, um, <laughs> That's like the idea you're stabbing. Oh, he's got a knife! <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was like, you know when they turn on Robocop? I was like that guy. <laughs> so the Cecil Hotel, right? It was built in the 20s. Really nice hotel. They've really spent money on the lobby. But the economic crash of 1929, the Great Depression, that ruined the hotel. The whole area got ruined. And effectively, yeah, it's it's in a reasonably dodgy area now. But obviously, when she booked it, we don't know that about Los Angeles, right? Right. We just exactly. we just think Los Angeles, ah, Hollywood, it's all nice. Hey, but it's not London nice, Comedy is it? Club. Peter K might turn up there. Exactly. I like stand up <laughs> comedy. I've seen live at the Apollo. I know where I'm it not works. gonna see an un- an unshowered Rick Wharton apologize that he doesn't even want to be there for fifteen minutes. <laughs> and Skid Row, as he said, they have a Skid Row historian on there who said it's one of the most dangerous places in America. And this is exactly where the Cecil Hotel is. Kevin Kenneth Givens, uh, our friend best talking head ever right when he says that i'd stay at the cecil in the 80s it had a giant liquor market on the corner i'd get a female friend or companion and we'd get it on you know <laughs> he was oh, superb he literally says i stayed on i was homeless for 21 years and shows you pictures yeah which is just weird that he had the pictures i don't think that's him like if you look at how he looks now to then 
Right, because it's well. such a it's such a weird thing to be like, yeah, take a snap for posterity as I'm smacked out my tits. I'll hang on to that one. Like, um, one of the cops talks about the hotel and says, "Listen, we found a body in there once that was so purple it reminded us of the character Grimace from McDonald's." Like, oh man, how long was that there? And they keep the body in there. They just keep charging the room, right? It's no different. Every hotel, it it's is, they're in the make ma- ma- money making business. And then so they've got the Lamb family down for the press conference, but they don't speak at the press conference. And this is all, I mean, it's not even that old, is it? The story's been like 10 years. But the yeah. news report seems so old because like, it's a guy, a guy with a quiff and he's on the street and goes, and nothing in her personality indicated she could disappear. And then when you do the press conference, the press conference goes, the family aren't going to say anything at this point. And then I saw the look on the dad's face, which was, again, what I'd imagine Raimondo would be like. My dad would be like going, I tell him. I told him. Exactly. He tell him. That is the, yeah. Al-Qaeda got him. That's who got him. But so what they do is they zoom in on the family's face and talk for them on the news. If you ever describe a look of the mother's face, it's one of concern. The dad, somber fear. <laughs> it's just a slow pan across them. It's just... So sensationalized for yes. the news. Is yeah, it? yeah. They've got no, they've got no shame, have they, of how they treat victims? It's because the family are terrified, right? They're twenty-one-year-old girl, and but bear in mind that's the equivalent of a sixteen-year-old British girl has gone missing. To put it into a British context, this is, this is how much the difference is. Uh, I think I've mentioned in the past. We had a, bo- a friend come over when we started college, who. Uh, Chris, I think it was because in my phone is the American guy. <laughs> you we didn't came even over. learn his name. <laughs> no, and I knew his name. It's like 10, 12 years ago. Plus, I didn't want to really out him. Um, but fuck it. So, good fella came over. Jordy last came to Texas. He fell in love with her on holiday. So, he decides after doing his um, the SATs or whatever, he's going to go to a, 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 a UK college as opposed to going to university, which is no educational value to do him because you've already done the equivalent of your A-levels because you stay in high school until you're 18. Yeah, so yeah. this gets there. Turns out this lass was engaged in a fucking stripper or something like that. So he was morbidly depressed when he turned up because it was not the person that we thought he had met. So now he's living in Newcastle and he can't understand a fucking word anyone <laughs> soon. Um, and yeah, like we, we right, loved the trip back then. So between the time of September and December, we we would like just drink whenever we, we were in college most <laughs> days. And he goes, uh, it, it, when he came back after Christmas, he was like, it was unbelievable, the difference, man. I goes, what do you mean? He goes, so New Year's Eve. Now, bear in mind, he's been getting ratted in the Northeast for a good three <laughs> months at this point. Like... Proper fucking take them all the men and old men's pubs. But when you open, they open the doors at twelve, and there's already fifty people still in there staring at a half-empty bottle of brown ale. Um, so we took. So he says uh, he went home and had like a house party for New Year's, and he had about twelve of his friends round. And at about midnight, the cool uncle came up and gave twelve of them half a bottle of Bailey's to share, and went, "You guys be careful." Because. <laughs> <laughs> You just can't get served for drink out there. Like, if you look anywhere yeah. near, like, 30, they ID you, so you just don't get a hold of it. And, uh, yeah, the difference is just uh, it's fucking ridiculous. My missus, because obviously we're, we're buying our booze for some reason. She's buying her booze, rather, from, from Amazon. So the guy knocked on the door. Now, I think my missus looks great, but he knocked on the door. He looked at her and he went, ID. And she went, really? Now, my missus is over 50, right? She's older than me. And she went, really? And it was like he made her entire year just by IDing this 50-year-old woman. She was like, there was a spring in her step for the rest of the day. It was superb. I can just imagine kids getting those old man face masks and just order a couple of WKDs and come to the door and how are you doing, sonny? (laughs) 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 I'm having a nightmare of Amazon. You are. Since it's cold up here, I've I've just I've just ordered a pair of memory phone slippers. I've never looked forward to slippers before. We're both getting older. And I've ordered a pair of memory phone slippers off Amazon and they just got in touch the other day and they said, um, I'm sorry, uh, we are still yet to locate the item that you have purchased, so the delivery date will be uh, postponed. Do you want to go through with the purchase? And I was like, Well, 
I'm getting cold feet, if I'm honest. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It took a while for that to drop to me. Uh, I know, I know. I was just going to edit in laughter anyway. There's a fucking (laughs) written joke for you, you lazy bastard. There There you go. go. Um, What did he say about that? Because he said something about the... The... um, about the hotel. There was a chap talking about the hotel. Oh, that's right. The Cecil Hotel cost a million dollars, which was a lot of money back then. Oh, they that annoyed the shit out of me. In punchline! Uh, Woo! That really annoyed me. And this is, this is just around the point. They've just resurrected it, Rick. It's back. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to hit rewind. Did you just call that a punchline? <laughs> No, catchphrase. That's the word I'm after. Catchphrase. I, 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 I have to pull you up on that, yes. Um, <laughs> it's now a punchline due to repetition. <laughs> due to painstaking, nailed on fucking repetition, it's a punchline. But that in itself is not a punchline. Next to um, next to Kenneth Givens being the best talking head ever, when that bloke said that, I was like, I'm loving this documentary. Which was weird because I thought the documentary, like three quarters of the way through, I sat there, looked at it and went... They can't be dragging this out for four hours. There's not. This is not a four-hour documentary. They're giving you the history of the building. That yeah. listen, Netflix having a fill content. That's what Netflix are doing here. They're stretching Jeez. a half an hour story into a four-hour, four-part series. And then, and then you get the twist because then they go through the CCTV footage. Well, that's yeah. Because when my my attention was waning, and then suddenly they're like. Oh, did we tell you we got some CCTV of the girl? No. Because they did a right. um, a 14 cop room to room search because they sure. want to go for the yeah. 700 rooms. They get a sniffer dog on the roof and they found nothing. So why did they mention the sniffer dog on the roof? Again, Chekhov's gun. What, what's going on here? Uh, yeah. So they, they got in room to room, all that stuff. But then they show the footage and they're like, oh. She never left the hotel. And then they're going through painstakingly all the CCTV footage. And the last thing she was seen on is um, the elevator scene, which... It's weird because what, what they had to do, and this this is when you realise how many cops they were throwing just at this one girl. Now, they must have a load of people go missing in America all the time. But for some reason, this girl had everything chucked at her, right? I think this comes up as to why in a minute. Well, well, no, not first, because first they already have like 14 cops. They're 14 cops, right? But then... And maybe it's like an international incident because she's not an American citizen. Yeah, maybe. No, I yeah, think yeah. that could be a thing with And it. she was sweet and innocent, right? So if it was a skid row bum who went missing, no one would give yeah. a shit. That, I mean, when the cops would... were doing door-to-door, four people got murdered and they went, ah, it's not the one we're looking for, <laughs> Chief. <laughs> Log a call, we'll get to it. We're just on this one. But they had to stop the investigation and then reduce the team because there was an ex-cop going around killing other LA cops. So they had to st- every what they stopped every cop doing everything in LA just to hunt this one cop killer who was an ex-cop. What is going on in this country? It was it's terrifying. Just- it's one of those ones that's interesting as well about your day-to-day as a police officer. So you're doing this one thing, you're like, ah, no, this isn't the news. You're jumping on this task force now, boys. Yeah. We've got a cop killer. Everyone stop what they're doing. You're on this Christopher now. Christopher Dorner was the cop killer. Right. But that's terrifying. Yeah, he was an ex- ex-cop that was going around just killing police officers and some kind of, and like making public statements to the media, like, I won't stop until you kill me and things like that. Is that the pension thing? Like, if he gets killed, does he get a better pension or something for his family? I don't think you still get the police officer pension after you've declared war on oh, the okay. LAPD right. and started killing people. I think it's more of a kind of a manifesto school shooter mentality right, okay. against the police. Uh, well, I think he was like, well, he was an ex-cop, so maybe he got fired for the wrong reason, like a yeah, reason maybe. he's uh, begrudged about. And the reason I bring that up is because they drastically reduced the size of the team working on the case for this poor Miss Lamb girl who's gone missing. So therefore, they decide to release the last footage of her on YouTube. Now, this this is for me where it started. I'd started checking out the documentary at this point. What the the because the CCTV footage is what makes the documentary interesting to me. 
No, it's not. That's the complete opposite of that. Have you never been drunk or high and tried to operate a lift? That's all Listen, she's I doing. A, I was about to do, I was about to fucking comment on that. Yeah, so she gets into the lift. She does the Bart Simpson trick of pressing all the buttons. Yeah. She hides in the lift. Yeah. She looks outside. There's about three minutes long. She looks outside the lift. She makes some like weird robot steps back forward, back forward, goes out. She's doing weird things with her hands. Yep. And then she, you never see her again. The lift doesn't move. That's what freaks people yeah. out. And they reckon someone had their finger on the button on the outside, which would... I, yeah, I could see that being true. But they were also drilling it up like, yeah, the Cecil Hotel is haunted. You're like, no, it wasn't. Yeah, that, she just looked that, stoned but, or high. She looked off of... Like, that could be what I was thinking, like some kind of hallucinogenic or fucking off of face kind of thing, because there is no real logical explanation to her mannerisms with that. There is drugs um, or alcohol. Other than drugs. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was agreeing with yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the way they were talking about it. And they released it on YouTube. So it then made the nightly news. And then we meet John Sabani, who was a, his title was a web sleuth. Web sleuth and YouTuber, which got me excited. There is a what? chance, Matt, if the, if there is a murder in this country, we may be asked about it. <laughs> <laughs> Captain, we've got nothing on this case. Okay, it's time to bring in the discussing documentaries team. Get Rick on the phone. Just, just me sat there with a black hat going, well, I don't think people have looked into the fact that the couple from Plymouth male sport killed her as part of a holder package. <laughs> a web sleuth. I mean, I've heard of a web slut, but I haven't heard of a web sleuth before. Uh, and then he said the strangest thing. He said, we just knew that we had to find her alive. Wait, is he auditioning for CSI or something? See, I know you'll never watch this one. I'll never make you do it. But it's a documentary called Don't Fuck With Cats. Right. Yeah, I've I've been told all about it. I can't, yeah, I can't watch that. Yeah. yeah, it won't be for no. you, pal. Um, and that one is a bunch of an internet community tracking down someone. And they make this a cause. Like we did uh, American Murderer Next Door. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And and I think I've mentioned this before, so I added a bunch of groups about it. I've never advertised on it, but that that was the initial idea to do so. And the amount of people who think the guy from American Murder is innocent, but that the girlfriend he had killed them all, right? And has a mind control on the jacked husband, is borderline insane. It well, is, you say that, Rick. and the way these people have got into you it, you say that, Rick. I would have said a few weeks ago to you moved into your new house that there's no way you're putting flat back furniture altogether. Yeah, I've seen your girlfriend tell you to put flat back furniture together and I've seen you do it. It's an amazing thing. I just, you say, you know, he's not under mind control. I'm holding out. I'm holding out. Listen, we've had a COVID test. Came back, she has to do another one. <laughs> and then the doors open, the Wharton family can come in and I need them to be occupied with shit Hell because... Yeah. Conversation runs dry quickly. <laughs> so I I was literally going to... You saw what that garage looked like of all unlabeled flat pack. That was going to be handed over to me, Dad. Yeah. And I, <laughs> but you're saying it's not, it can't be mind-controlled. My missus gets me to do stuff that just... I'm like, why am I doing oh, no, this nonsense? It's, if it's... If it's a, <laughs> It's it's cute gaslighting is what I call it. <laughs> it's not mind control. But uh, the, so then we get to the end of the documentary... And here's what I... Well, sorry, end of part one of four, right? And it's 50 minutes long. And then I just thought, ah, Rick, you've, you've lost picking privileges. No, I haven't. Yeah, easy. Wait, no, Come I on. haven't. No, I have this not. This is YouTube stretching out a 40-minute, a 30-minute story. It's... No, this is going to be decent. I've got fear for you. So you're not into it at all. It's not that I was not into it. It's just it was... You don't think they with it were being four parts it. long, there's a surprise coming. Yeah, they stretch it out, but there it's is a famous, a, famous story. Yeah, there, yeah, there's a surprise coming, but I'm like, oh, come on, let's they, get they to it. They built American horror series around it. And it's more the idea that of how many people, are, how evil, how much evil has happened within the Cecil Hotel. Now, it's ridiculous they're trying to imply it's haunted. That is, that yeah. is and that the hotel's making people do stuff. I'm not, but again, I forget the way you follow stuff as if everything is real and <laughs> you feel the pain. 
Because uh, what I like to do now, since, since Matt's empathy just always goes in the wrong fucking direction, I'm trying to think of, but what about that poor Mexican maintenance guy? He had to open 600 doors. No, fucky documentary. I don't need this. Yeah, uh, what was his name? Uh, Santiago Lopez. Santiago Lopez. Great name. Uh, yeah, the maintenance chap. Guess. <laughs> <laughs> just by the accent. He, um, he didn't just have to open... Uh, all the hotel room doors 700 not 600 right he had to open all the toilets all the utility rooms all the cupboards everything I gotta be honest Matt as a cleaner I think that was his fucking job anyway he was gonna do it anyway (laughs) I could have just come on Santiago have you found her yet because what they found is she didn't leave the hotel right so and that's the whole hook that's the hook yeah but we're not gonna watch episodes two and three are we we're just gonna go straight to episode four Matt, you can get fucked. This we do a podcast about documentaries. We watch the fucking documentary. But this one, they're gonna drag it out again. Let's just cut to oh, the chase. What was the last Save one? It. Minimalist two. You can get fucked if you think I'm taking any <laughs> shit from you. Any shit whatsoever. I owe this guy my fucking life, but I will not be told that my choice in documentaries has less commercial appeal than your fucking stupid interests. I'm, I'm more than happy to put my hand up there. Um Oh, Matt's got a story about being chased with a machete in Hong Kong. What happened? He doesn't remember. Fucking yeah. awesome. Now talk about what it was like in the lift so we've got some content, you little shit. So we are. So we're going to watch the next one. I'm looking forward to episode two. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, all right. I think, I think now, sometimes I you try and pick a binary position just so you're comfortable talking. I don't think you're that far uh. against it. No, I just, I, I wasn't, this to me, genuinely, it seems like they're dragging it out. Someone at Netflix has gone, listen, guys, we need to, everyone's locked in, especially in the UK. We need to give them something to watch. Or people are going to be splitting up, getting divorced, which is in Netflix's, that works for Netflix, right? Because then there's two accounts. So they get double their money once a couple divorce, right? So... But yeah, I think they're just trying to. I promise that the Matt Wills blog is way more succinct than this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can sit there and edit the blog. I can't edit my mind. This is hitting nine o'clock and he hasn't got his Ebenezer (laughs) hat on in bed. He would have been in a great mood a few hours ago, but uh, I chased him into doing this one early. We'll do the next one in the afternoon. He'd be like, it's amazing, dude. (laughs) That hotel manager, she had lovely hair. (laughs) Better hook me, is what I'm saying. Do you know what? It could have been 10 episodes long. You're lucky it's four. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're just stretching it out for content. That's all they're doing. I think this is going to be a decent one. I watched the Yorkshire Ripper one the other day. We might do that at some point. Oh, yippee. Now, there is one on ballet, but, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that another time. Okay, well, let's wrap it up then. And let's... Um, and obviously, look, I was, I'm was i clearly partly into it because look how infused hey, I, I don't, got about I, 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 I don't yeah. mind if you're not. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is avoiding you doing more flat pack furniture. It, 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 I get it. Because right. when that door goes, me, do you know, we had a phone call and my mom goes, uh, well, I, I start work at nine and I have me, uh, me meeting. So it'd be great to send me dad around yours. We live like around the corner. We're next door neighbors now. And I went, I don't get up till 11. She went, well, I need you to get up at night, I guess, so you can get forward. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I am now in like a turf war with me mother about when me dad gets dropped around like a fucking weekend child I've got now. <laughs> to fucking hit the turf. <laughs> like, it's going to come take the dog for a walk and the then last time, get you at 11. The last time me and me dad hung out because he refuses to watch anything that wasn't born, made, and about the Northeast. He's got a really weird taste in what you'll watch. And so... We made a rule where I would play the Xbox, which has the Netflix and the BBC iPlayer and stuff on, for half an hour. And then he can watch his show for half an hour. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. So we literally took turns taking half an hour naps and then going, right, my <laughs> Oh, you didn't enjoy one another's content oh, and what the other no. person Jesus, was doing? What, no. what was he watching? It was just like, I think he went to... Oldest content possible. It was something really. I'll, I'll get the Fred name for the Dibner's next episode. Chimneys or something. Fred Dibner would have been a fucking treat. What I wouldn't give to see that right, guy. Okay, on. I, right. and believe me, I've seen enough Fred Dibner. To be... It's like, oh, have you seen episode eighty-seven of Top Gear? They go through gear. Said it's just for a second. It's just for a second. But they gone through there, and it's yeah. That's 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 what it's like with me. Dad, I'm looking forward to hanging out with him. By no means, but yeah. Just hopefully. so you know that when you're napping, 
and then he's doing his bit and then he's napping you're doing your bit that's not hanging out with someone what me and you are doing now this is hanging out with someone this is how it works yeah i might get him on the podcast just to be like look stop telling me to do shit and (laughs) (laughs) chip in with how you think the lamb family's gonna sue us because we mentioned them on a podcast (laughs) well big up your mum and dad were lovely that was really nice to meet them and your mum is an incredible cook incredible cook that's the best cake and i've eaten a lot of cake that's the best cake I've ever eaten. If I knew bar it was none. your birthday this week, I would have sent another one down. I'll, I'll get them on it. Oh, bar none, man. Seriously, best cake I've ever, ever had. That really, oh, no, I'm, not, oh. I'm not just saying that. That was... And the timing on it. And I think your missus looked at me. I, I think the look was probably disgust. Because when I opened the cake and I was like, no, I don't want it because, you know, I'm not eating sugar. And I opened this thing and the smell just blew me away. And I did this... I shoved my head into the cake and I just started eating into it like a wood lice into, into a tree. And I was just, and, I, and she went, is it all right? And I came up, I was covered in sugar and icy and it. Yeah, it's really good. Eating it like your Scooby-Doo. Like, exactly that. You, you give that cake such a glowing recommendation and we didn't tell me, mom that you took it because you didn't want to feel bad because half of it was meant to be for me arriving the next it day. It was meant to be for you. I but, stole it. But, yeah. but by no means... When you fucking moved this house up the country, there's by no means of my complaint that, yeah, that you had the lemon drizzle cake. But uh, I goes, oh, mum, I've uh, I got to be honest, I, I didn't get a chance to try it. Um, we'll let Matt go home and try it with his missus. And she went, well, I made another one for your dad. You want that? I went fucking right to it. And I hopped out, <laughs> I hopped out of the fence. And uh, she literally apparently like pulled it from my dad's mouth, wrapped it up. And I'm just... <laughs> And, I, and I'm just scurrying up me old street and taking cake off the doorstep like a fucking field rat. <laughs> going down. And how good was it? Mate, I ate like a sandwich disgusted in me. <laughs> yeah. that's um, My missus had it as well. She was like, this is one of the best cakes I've ever had. And she's from the north. right? She knows good cake. <laughs> she's from a town named after a cake, probably. <laughs> But yeah, right. so other than that, we are looking. I'm looking forward to episode two, and uh, we'll we'll try and get these out so it's in a, in a timely fashion. Thank you very much for checking it out. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Ta-da!